This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 328 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by TotalSaddleFit.com and EasySignsOnline.com. Today on the show, we have Sybil Mayer. She's the writer and director of a short film called The Equestrian, which features dressage. And Endel Otz is going to talk to us about his experience at the World Young Horse Championships. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi. We're just on our own today, Reese. <laughs> I know. It's, <laughs> uh, everybody cross your fingers because it's going to be fun. There's a new system, and oh boy, thank goodness Philip can take control of this. <laughs> I can control this, just not you. Yeah, exactly. Can't control me. <laughs> Are you having a good week? I am. I am. It's uh, We're recording a little bit early because I am off to the Western Pennsylvania Dressage Association, and they have an adult, uh, adult basically, camp, dressage camp. Uh, adult so I'm camp. off. Yeah, on Thursday, and they, it's big fun. Everyone has a great like time. like tenting? Everybody stay in tents or something? I know. I think actually everybody stays in hotels, but oh, okay. I know there is a bonfire situation that happens uh, on Saturday <laughs> night. Um, sing along? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, last year, uh, me and uh, Kate Fleming Coon. Um, oh yeah, we had her on are, last year. Yeah, we were we've had her on. With her, yeah. Yeah, she we this will be our second time uh going together and it's great. Uh it's a really fun weekend for everybody. Um we uh there's a massage therapist there, the ladies all, all come with their horses and their friends and uh but we do it's a lot of work actually for us all. We they everybody rides twice each day. Oh, and um there are uh, evening lectures. So we lectures, have dinner. Yeah, I guess yeah, Kate a give a lecture. So uh it's a really fun thing and and certainly if anybody has questions uh I, I definitely the the ladies of the Western Pennsylvania Dressage Association can answer them uh and how they do it and it's a great uh it's just uh, they look forward to it every year and so do we and uh so it's a great idea. I I love the idea of having sort of an adult camp everybody comes and brings their horses and Everybody watches everybody, and we talk about their rides, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. so cool. so we had to record a little early uh, this week because of that. Yeah. So, and yeah. also we we have a wonderful. Um, she is a writer, producer, and director of this uh, f- film called The Equestrian, and uh, she's in England. So it worked out double. Yeah, double we had to do it in the well. afternoon. Yeah. yeah, we had to do an afternoon. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, so it's cool. Good. We got a good show, and a lot. We we had him do the trainer tip last week, and this week he's going to come on, and and he's a fun guy. Really, really great chat that we had with him, uh, you know, about the world championships. So I think he had an awesome experience. And then uh, last but not least, we're going to do a a trainer tip on top lines. Yes. So I think exactly. after this commercial, we'll just get right to our first guest. Easy Signs Online is the official sign company of the Horse Radio Network. This week's product highlight are their personalized nameplates. Perfect for horse stalls, tack rooms, lockers, bedroom doors, dog kennels, or whatever you can think of. Choose from hundreds of online graphics to further customize the nameplates from EasySignsOnline.com. Made from one half inch thick solid PVC signboard, these colorful and unique one sided nameplates are three and a half inches by 16 inches 
and are designed for durability, long-term indoor or outdoor use. They are only $39.95 each. And remember, free shipping on most orders over $100. Visit them at EasySignsOnline.com. Well, it is my pleasure this evening to be joined by Sybil Mayer, an, an award-winning producer who has produced the, uh, the movie called The Equestrian about a young dressage rider and his relationship with his stallion. Good afternoon, Sybil. How are you? Oh, I'm well, thank you. So, um, um, just I'm just going to say, because this is a little nitpicky thing. Oh, sure. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I directed and wrote as well oh, as okay. produced the film. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Wonderful. it's all about the credit. Right. <laughs> yes, for sure. Of course. Well, I, yeah, I'm sorry about that, about your intro. But, uh, no, 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 that's, uh, that's fine. That's okay. So this movie will um, be, yeah. is it debuting at the Equus International Film Festival in Montana? Yes, yes. It's, uh, it will be a regional premiere. It's, um, it's not its first, it's not, it's not U.S premiere but that right. was a couple of years ago but um a regional premiere so um for the northwest so uh so i'm really looking forward to it and very excited about um the festival and meeting with the founder and director of the festival and um seeing some other great films so equestrian film so well sybil why don't you why don't you tell us uh, tell us about your short film Okay. Yeah, let's let's get <laughs> um, right into it. Yeah. Um, well, what would you like to? I <laughs> don't um, It's. Uh, I suppose um, how I I I was looking around. Um, well, goodness, it's about that's about four years ago. Um, but um, I was, you know, l- playing with some ideas for um, a film and a new film, and um, I. I first thought about doing a trying to adapt someone else's um short story on um jump racing and um until I had seen a person who had become my first trainer um uh working on getting preparing for a, a dressage competition and I thought that there was something fascinating going on I mean that was more intriguing to my eye. Um, and uh, that's how it was. I just knew that I wanted to explore more this this dressage and the idea of um, this relationship and, and using this theme for a film. Super. So tell us, um, you know, a little bit about just the storyline. How, how does the movie sort of run and, and how did you come up with the storyline? Um, well, it it as you said, it was it's about a, a, a talented, ambitious young rider, and um, it's the day of um, it occurs over the day of um, of of his first major competition, and um, and it's through. How can I say it's a sort of dark psychological drama because it's working through um other um themes and sort of the relationship he has with his father and as well as with his stallion and um 
and confronting truths. Well, you can call them that. Yes, I would say truths that he discovers about himself um, through this relationship. So, what were the challenges of filming, you know, in an equestrian setting, or or filming the horse? As, you know, because I, I hear that it's it's very difficult with pets and trying to get them to do what you want when you want. Did you find that a challenging um, thing to um, do? Well, I not not really. I mean, and I don't mean that in a in um, in a boastful way. But I I think that you know one thing it was just quite important to you know, really look and think about think about the horse and think about how we interact with them and how they interact with us and what horses are doing and how they move and 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 interact with one another and and being able to call on these things. So obviously the horse is not, you know, if I say yes, you know, if I'd like them to look left or to look camera right or whatever. The horse you, you can't give um direction. you're not going to give verbal direction, yeah. no. But um, you know, if looking if there's a startled look you want, well, I mean, by making a sound, you know, or right. jiggling some keys or something, you know. And this is an effect. Um in our in our film, um there were actually three stallions, so the hero stallion and um as well as two stunt stallions. And so <laughs> but the stunt stallions had different characters um had different characters themselves. One was very placid, had actually he'd been in a number of films, seen it, done it all. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's an experienced he'd guy. Done yeah. this, he'd done that, you know. Yeah. He, he wasn't impressed. He'd been on a movie set in this. So, and he was very quiet, very calm. And the other one had had very, you know, sharp, shrill, would always, you know, let out the shrill name as soon as he entered the room. You know? I suppose that could remind us of some people. <laughs> yes. We know, but um, you know, and and yeah. So and he had very sharp and sort of staccato movements, which the other one didn't have. Right. And and so when I saw this, you know, I thought, oh, I can use that. I can. That's really great. And then actually, these are things I think that as a director. You are doing with your with your actors, you know. Um, you know, it may be if you knew somebody who could do card tricks, you might actually that might actually come into being a characteristic. You would use it, right? Sure, yeah, yeah that makes yeah, sense. Yes, and yeah, and so 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 that is something. I mean, this horse as well. It it would move its lips a lot, and. Um, that came in use too, but I mean, it wasn't something that one could predict. So obviously, you don't write that into the script. I mean, that hadn't been written into the script. But right. um, on the it was because actually we were filming nights, and so um, you know, but on the night, looking at you know, you're given you have this this character in front of you, and you see them, and they're doing this, and suddenly you know, the sparks fly, and um, I mean, it's when it happens, it's very exciting. So, right. Um, sure. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So, Sybil, maybe you can give us a little bit about your background into the equestrian world and, and how making a film about, about something horsey came, came about. 
yes. Well, um, as I said, you know, well, I was just about to start um, dressage lessons and... Um, and uh but this you know so this all sort of fed into it and thinking more about um actually now uh without becoming too um too philosophical but it 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 is the looking more at the the nature of the relationship between humans and and other other beings and i think essentially um, my film is about that. It is about relationships and thinking about, you know, what it is to be, um, to be within, you know, to have this relationship with another being and, and what one gains from it and how, and actually how privileged we actually are to, to experience this because we, in effect, I think we learn more about what it is to be human, um, through this relationship. Um, uh, but, um, as you said, you know, to make the film, um, I, I, well, I think that I just, I found that very, um, just, um, quite, um, how should I put it? It was, um, yes, it was just thrilling, that idea. And, um, and I, I was just grasped by it to want to explore it more and to also find out well what is the story what is the story that you know that um will lead me to think about to contemplate um this idea about relationships and um yeah, sorry i don't know if i'm going yeah. on um no you're doing okay. great That's no okay. i think that 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 you're absolutely right like i think for all of us who ride horses uh and every level you know it is a privilege to be able to ride that horse every day and to have a relationship with that horse and i think um you know, certainly it's, it's hard for people to understand that a lot of times, you know, they, they don't understand that horses all have different personalities and different likes and dislikes. Um, and you have to interact with them differently. And, yeah. and I think like you said, so it leads to a little bit of self-reflection, you know, when, when you have to, mm. when you have to think about, you know, um, how to train a horse and, and how, how to get something that doesn't understand you to, to do what you want in essence. So yeah. I think that's very um, but, uh, important story. And it's sort of, this idea of creating, I mean, when you, two beings who don't, initially don't speak the same language, in yeah. effect, don't speak the sure, same language. Sure. Um, so how do they communicate? And there is a way, I think, in which we we create, have to create a new space where, I mean, there's sort of give and take. I mean, I don't know, um, or <laughs> you may find this funny, but because I do think that you take on attributes of of the other being. Do you know? I mean, yeah, you know, think, sometimes you're sure. a horse, yeah. I mean, yeah. or a dog, or you make a yeah. sound, you know. I think mean, that, you know, <laughs> I mean, sure. when you actually shouldn't be. <laughs> right, you should mm-hmm. right. You be using words and vocabulary. <laughs> but um, or things that the dog does, and I, you know, and I, I startle myself because I think, where did that come from? Why, you, why have you done that? Why have you, you know, moved in a certain way? And it's, but it's, um, and that I think it, it's just, it's fascinating. Um, um, and but I, interestingly, I had because um, I don't know um what you've read of the film up to now, but um, about the film, but because it is a dark 
it does it's a dark film, but I think it is a film about redemption. And um you know, I I did um um I know that, that sometimes it's slightly it can be off putting or um difficult for some people to um to watch. But um I was um I've I've said, you know, I, I was listening to um Roman Polanski who when he was making Chinatown and the producers wanted, you know, sort of wanted an upbeat, a positive ending. Um right. he said, you know, if if this film is to have any impact on the audience at all, you know, for him, the the heroine, I mean, for those of us who know that film, has to die. And um, not that anyone dies. I mean, yeah, I, I hope this is not, is not too much foreshadowing for the end of your <laughs> yeah. film. No, 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 no. But it is, I think, because it, um, people, you know, certainly are on grasp by how there is a strong feeling. And I mean, it, it's it's something that as a director, you, I think everyone wants to have, you want people to come to have felt, you know, yeah, you want to be something after sure. seeing your film, not just sort of, okay, done that. Let's go and do something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go and a pizza or something. But, and so, I mean, it, it does cause a lot of debate, but then on the other hand, I sort of think, oh my God, I just want a simple little film about, yeah. <laughs> you know, but that's, yeah. That's sort of not what I made. I mean, it wasn't what I set out to do. And but um, I think so. I I'm I should just I'm trying to learn to sort of go with that and and know that that's a good thing to know that you right. can make sure. people feel yeah. this. I mean, from something that actually is a fictional story. So, <laughs> yeah, Sybil, yeah, how but. how do our listeners um, find the movie? Like, how how can we watch? Um, if Philip and I wanted to watch the movie, how do we do that or the film? Um, well, the the DVD has been out for a while, and um, it's available on the um, on the website, if I can say that, uh, theequestrianfilm.com. Yeah, okay. Well, Sybil, it was very nice of you to join us this evening and and to talk about your film, and very and I wish you luck at the Equus Film Festival in Montana. Uh, I think that's the 18th and through to the 20th of September. Yes, and anyone in Montana, the film, my film screens on the night Saturday, the nineteenth at nine o'clock, and there's a little reception afterwards. Wonderful! Thanks again. Thank you. All right. Well, right after this commercial break, we're going to come back with Endel Otts and talk about his experience at the World Young Horse Championships in Verdun. Hi, Fiona Crawford here, and I'm an official Horse Radio Network auditor. I'm a horse photographer based in the UK, and when I'm editing my images, I listen to the vast selection of great programmes provided by the Horse Radio Network. Both informative and really entertaining, I think it's worth a few dollars or pounds of anyone's money. Just go to horseradionetwork.com and click on the banner, and for as little as a dollar a month, you too could become an official Horse Radio Network auditor. Ladies, I have three gentlemen. It is it is my pleasure to have Endel Otts on the show with Philip and Glenn. Oh my gosh, I don't know if I can handle it. Endel, welcome to the show. It's a lot of testosterone. Hey, I, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, you can handle it. 
I, I think I can. Don't you worry, ladies. I got I got us covered. Well, Endel, we are so happy to have you on the show tonight. We were following how well you did in Verdon with your two horses. Uh, so can you just tell us, what was it like to take two horses to Germany and get ready for Verdon? Uh, I mean, the politically correct answer was awesome, but I got to say it was terrifying. <laughs> I was, uh, I was a little bit worried. I was, uh, you know, I was happy and I mean, I was, you know, excited with the horses and everything. And, and, uh, but you know, uh, you know, it's a lot of pressure, I think, you know, from not, not from anything that's owners or anybody put on me, but I think just from myself, you know, uh, thinking, you know, overthinking things and, you know, making sure everything's okay back at home and making sure all the horses are going well at home and, uh, everything like that. But, uh, I got to say, like, once I got there and went to the horse show, it was so great. Uh, everybody was so fun. And, and I have to say, like, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I did one show before I went there. And, you know, I got to ride around in, uh, you know, I would say the typical what I hear from everybody is, a, you know, scary German-European warm-up where everybody runs it down. And uh, I liked it. It was a little bit like, uh, what is it, that uh, roller derby, you know. It was kind of Dem- awesome. Demolition and, derby. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I got to say, that I, 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 you know, I was, you know, riding around and people ran into you and you run back into them and everybody kind of laughs and, you know, no one was <laughs> super serious about it and everybody was just kind of, kind of cool. And so, uh, no, I liked it. It was great. It was really fun, the whole experience. And they'll tell us about the two horses. How long have you been riding them, their personalities, everything um, and about the two horses you took with you? Yeah, yeah, sure. So um, the five-year-old, I have been riding for... Oh, a little over a year, year and a half or so. Um, I found him. I was uh, on a, a, a trip over to Europe to look for horses for clients and stuff. And uh, we were, I just randomly got a call from someone saying they had maybe a couple interesting horses. And I went to, over to their place. And um, I really was not looking for a horse for myself because I really couldn't, uh, couldn't afford buying the horse and then supporting it over here. And, uh, you know, I rode a couple of the ones they had there and a couple of their horses they had for sale. And I, I just didn't like any of them. It was just not, not ones for me. And then I went and I rode, uh, um, you know, Lucky Strike. Actually, his name, his, his name before I changed it was Little John. And uh, <laughs> I really didn't like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. so I, I changed it to Lucky Strike. And, I, you know, I saw him going around and he was just really well behaved and three good gates and a nice mind. And they hadn't ridden him for a couple of days since they were on vacation and I jumped on, I rode him, put a little bit of pressure on and he was great. I mean, didn't say no, didn't, you know, was really well behaved and I uh, watched the video and, you know, uh, uh, called my dad and, uh, you know, I made a little deal with him saying, Hey, you know, the horse is actually very inexpensive for what he was and um, what I thought he could do. And uh, so I called my dad and I said, Hey, I can't afford to pay all the bills on this. I mean, to buy the horse and pay the bills. I can pay the bills on the thing, but maybe we get it. And uh, he was, you know, great about it and really excited. And, and so then we got it. And I have to say, I mean, Lucky is um, really great to deal with, really sweet on the ground. I mean, uh, he's just a puppy dog. I mean, he can jump around a little bit and be a little fresh and stuff here or there, but never means it in a, in a, a naughty way. Always very, very happy and very, you know, excited and, and, and really very, very social, that horse. Um, so that one, uh, uh, just really fun to ride, really great. The other one is called Sanhedas, and it's owned by Gary and Jeannie Vanderplug from Canada. And um, a, I have ridden that one for um, a little bit less time, uh, maybe a little bit, little bit over a year or so um, on that one. And he um, he was uh, uh, purchased um, for Gary, and Gary's uh, you know been to the World Cup, World Equestrian Games, very accomplished rider, trained with Monica 
and uh, um, husband Theoresco over in Germany, and and really, you know, really great guy. And uh, this guy, they bought him, and he was a little bit fresh, and I think would jump around a little bit and stuff. But really, super athletic and just very quick. You know, I mean, would never, never, never try to do anything naughty, but he was just very quick and very athletic. And um, uh, he, I, uh, the, a mutual friend of ours, um, called me and and kind of put Gary and I in touch and said, hey, you know. Endel's really good with these young horses and stuff and was very, very nice. And uh, they said, maybe you want to have, because the horse just jumped around a little bit and threw Gary off. And hey, Gary, you know, it's not good for him to fall off too much. It's not good for anybody to fall off too yeah, much. Yeah, no, but, exactly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Gary, Gary, in Gary's words, he doesn't bounce as high as he used to, you know. Yeah, and not, so not a young guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. So then falling off said, is for the young guys. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I went and I rode him a little bit. I rode him a few times, and he was really, really great. And and Jeannie, um, his wife, was there, and we just all got along very well. And they're just fantastic people. And and uh, I rode him, and he, he is crazy athletic. I mean, really super trot, super canter, very good walk. I mean really well behaved and but you know he's just i would say his body is a little bit more mature than his mind a lot of times and so he needs a little bit more time to just kind of figure stuff out i mean um when he goes places he's really great and really really i mean not spooky and really on the ball but um you know he's just really really cool horse and big like super big extended trot a nice big canter learn changes very easily and um yeah I, I rode him for a, a little bit when they were down here for a season and they've never left the horse with anybody you know like for when they're not there and uh we had a dinner and i thought it was going to be kind of oh you know we're going to go home we'll take him home thank you so much you know we'll see you next year and uh they turned out and they said you know we've never done this we've never left the horse with anybody um you know would you be interested in keeping him here and and maybe we stop down and stuff through the summer and uh, check on him and see how he's going and I really was not expecting it. And I said, yeah, absolutely. Of course. That'd be great. And, um, they, they really have been uh, fantastic. I mean, I brought up with him that uh, I brought up with them that, uh, you know, during, uh, um, you know, during the summer last year and, and, uh, the winter, winter months down here that, uh, Hey, I think that, uh, he's really talented and it'd be really a fun thing to maybe set our, set our eyes on Verden and see, see where it goes. And, uh, they were all for it. I mean, really excited, really motivated. And, uh, I mean, I have to say Gary and Jeannie, I mean, they are some of the best owners. I mean, they're so easy to deal with. I mean, they love their horse and their horse is number one. And, uh, but I have to say, I mean, they really, you know, in, in all the decision-making process and warm up and different things, they, they really let me do whatever, whatever I feel is good with the horse. And, and we discuss it. And if we have any, uh, you know, disagreements, they, you know, we all sit down and talk about it and we always come to a really great consensus. So, uh, no, I mean, I, I'm really, really lucky for the, for the horses and the people I get to work with. Super. So, Endo, tell us, what was it like to ride at Verden? I mean, what was it like in the warm-up, and what was it like in the actual competition? Yeah, I have to say that, um, you know, uh, um, getting there was really cool to see, like, all the different countries and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, be able to go over there. And, and I think that over there, the, the, young, the young horse riders, they're a little bit, they're, they're quite famous, actually, because... Uh, uh, you know, I actually, I've talked to a few people here or there and everybody would come up and say, Oh, did you know who that was? And I said, no, I have no idea. Oh, well, she won this, this year and won this the other year and everything. And, and all oh, that person's really famous. And, uh, you know, they were all really cool. I mean, all the riders were very courteous to, uh, to everything. The whole, whole setup was very, very well catered to young horses and, 
and uh, making it so that you got as many times around in the uh, actual warm-up arena as you needed to. Um, and uh, I, I loved it. I have to say, um, um, I really, I, I was, uh, uh, I thought maybe I'd get a little bit nervous in the actual competition, but I felt great. I mean, really, really well uh, prepared with, with Christine and, and Evie and everybody. I mean, I uh, had like... Uh, I always joke, I had like, how many nations does it take to get Endel to go to Verden? I mean, there's America <laughs> and Canada and Germany and the, the, the young horse coach from Germany, I was riding with him, uh, Hans Meyers, who's strolling and his wife, his wife won the six-year-olds when, um, uh, um, when Anki did it with painted black. So she won the six-year-olds over there. So they're, they're very knowledgeable and really great. And he was the coach for the German, um, the German uh, uh, young horse team. And he's also the coach for the young riders for, for Germany. And I got to say, I mean, uh, really great guy, really funny. I mean, in the first week I was there, I was a little bit, I didn't know if maybe he was like a crabby German guy, didn't want to, you know, make jokes and stuff like that. So I stayed very, you know, very focused and very everything. And then uh, it took me about a week riding with the guy. And then he, I was concentrating on something and I almost ran into one of the girls riding and, you know, Hans Meyer, he, he stops and goes, Mr. Ott, in Germany, we leave room for the women to go by. Because in Germany, the women are a lot tougher than American women. <laughs> and uh, then everybody laughs. And, <laughs> and then everybody laughs and gives me a hard time. And so, no, it was great. I mean, um, riding around there, I have to say, it was so also really cool on the for the final days. Because, you know, you do the small, the, the, the small final to qualify for the big final. And, um, on the big final days when you, you know, when you ride in it, I mean, there are people that get there hours beforehand and are tailgating and waiting on the hill and stuff. And so it is just packed full with people. And so it's really, you know, I mean, you make, uh, I had one, the only mistake that I would say that I had was on the, the, the final for with Lucky. I had a, a canter walk canter, you know, a simple change in the thing. And he picked up the same lead as I did, uh, you know, when I walked and I, very surprised by it so then I kind of panicked and then well did it again and then he picked up the same lead again and then the whole crowd goes oh it was cool you know everybody was like uh, I mean everybody is right there with you and and uh, you know it was really cool to you know to, to watch those horses and watch the top horses that go there and I felt really good I felt uh, like I fit in really well with everybody and uh, I you know it's was such a fun experience to, you know, ride internationally and, you know, represent my country. And, and, uh, I mean, I've always wanted to do that. So, uh, it was a nice little box to check off. So, Endo, uh, what's, what's next for you guys? Are you going to be, uh, down in Florida or what's the plan with these horses? Yeah, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm based in Florida the, the whole year round. So, um, you know, we, 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 uh, we're down here. So I think, um, my plans for the next, um, for the, this upcoming year is, uh, you know, I want to get lucky qualified again for the, well, get qualified for hopefully for the six year olds, um, for Verden. And then, um, this, this coming year, they have a new thing, which is really cool and really exciting is a seven year old, basically like, uh, developing pre St. George or young horse pre St. George class. Um, and, uh, I have the Sanhedas horse, um, which would be the one that I took there for the six year old. Um, he is going to be even better. I mean, really, really, really excited about that. And I want to try to get him qualified for that. That is also a Verdon class. And then I have a, a mare that I showed down here. I had her for about six months and, you know, I put changes on her and everything when she got here. 
but it was and I had uh, I had her qualify. I had one score for Verden, but I needed another one, and it was just I thought maybe too much pressure to take her all the way over to Texas and get her all qualified up. So I just stuck with a score, but she was the highest scoring um, uh, uh, horse in the U.S. for six-year-olds and everybody. She's got 86.5 down here in Wellington. And uh, that's when I also would want to try to do developing uh, uh, pre-St. George and really focus on uh, on Verdon and stuff with that one. So try to bring uh, as many back as uh, everybody will let me. I want to awesome. go back as soon as possible. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you for joining us tonight. How how do people find you online or if someone wants to contact you? On Online, I mean, uh, of course, the Facebook is good, but uh, my website is endelotsdressage.com. Uh, um, you know, phone number is uh, is on there and email is, is my first and last name at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, it uh, should, be, should be pretty easy. I mean, uh, you know, pretty easy to get a hold Great. of me. Great. Thank you so much for coming on the Dressage Radio Show. Uh, Absolutely. uh, Happy to be here. And we'll talk to you real soon. This week's Dressage Training Tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, this week, Philip, for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, you and I are on. We had a great question from listeners, which we always love, uh, and uh, about top line development and how can you tell that the horse has a proper top line muscle and just talking in general about top line development. So, Philip, do you want to lead us off today and talk about top line? Yeah, sure. I mean, I think the first thing, you know, that every horse is born with a different conformation. So, this makes top line development and and top line evaluation um quite difficult because you know every every horse brings to the table what they have and what they have in top line lots of horses i mean you know the, the top bred warm bloods for instance you know if, they, if they're if they have really nice confirmation as two-year-olds then they're they're more easily developed you know through their own confirmation uh, a better and, and better top line but you can certainly see you know some some of these some of these warm bloods that haven't been exercised and haven't been you know and then they're six seven years old and then they don't have a developed top line so i think it's it's important to you know evaluate each horse as you see them confirmationally and then you can sort of you know develop their top line from there or evaluate and say okay this horse is developing a good top line for him right which may not look as strong as you know when he's standing next to another horse but could be a very a very strong back and and top line for for that specific course so i I think it's it's a really it's a tricky question do you have any thoughts on that on that confirmation idea there yeah i think you're right i think it is it is a a tricky question but i think you can learn a lot okay it's one of the things that i do when i walk in let's say for a clinic or or something i actually go through the barn and sort of just generally look at the horses uh standing in the barn and you should see in my opinion if the horses are ridden properly, some naturally good top lines. Or you know what I'm saying? Like if the yeah. horse if you're walking through and you see a horse with a bunch of undernecks or underdeveloped necks, yeah. that already kind of tells you some information. Um, sometimes hard, you know, I mean you can't walk through every barn, you know, um, and say, Oh my gosh, because sometimes trainers get new horses in and that kind of stuff and it takes a while. But if you look at horses that have been in a training program for let's say three months or more you should actually see that they have actually developed some top line muscle. Um, and that's even before you take them 
out into, you know, into the arena. I think it is tough. You know, sometimes I've seen horses, you know, that they have terrible, they're actually pretty well ridden, but they have, they just stand in the field and they push out their under neck and you're like, oh yeah, (laughs) that's really difficult. I would say, you know, so there's definitely some, some, you can't always say, well, this is the rule and this is how it goes. But, um, certainly something that I think you should always look at when it comes to top line muscle. And then talking about sort of moving into the, into the ring, um, you know, you should always see that the horses in theory, the horses should always be round. You know what I mean? Ride dressage. So it's even on the long rain or, you know, if you're walking, you're finished or, um, for sure, when you just start, the horses need to be round and they need to be on the bit. Um, and that's for, for us, even in walking, the only time I'll actually drop the reins is when I'm, when I'm finished for the day. Uh, sometimes I'll drop the reins and let the horses stretch. Uh, that doesn't mean I always keep them in a Grand Prix frame by any means. That's not, don't, you know, don't misinterpret that, but you know, they can always think about with a lower level horse that you're doing a free walk on a long rein. The horses need to stretch forward and downward, but there is some level of contact. Um, so I think that all goes into top line development. Um, and, and I think that when you ride a horse properly through the scale of training, the top line should develop properly. Um, again, I think it does, I mean, barring, you know, again, if you have that horse that stands in the pasture as with a U-neck, that's, that's tough to, that's tough to combat, you know, it's it's tough to overcome. I mean, yeah, because that's, you know, that's maybe a horse that's not naturally skilled. You can sort of tell by the top line development, you know, where in the training the horse is because you can't have a third level horse with a, with a training level sort of top line, right? Right. And, and, you know, and vice versa. You shouldn't really have a, th- a training level horse with this huge overbuilt top line. I mean, that, that's, you know, that's, that can be counterproductive as well. So, um, you know, I think it's just every horse is really, really unique. And um, I, I think if you looked at a picture of a horse that you got as a three-year-old and is now a 10-year-old and you're working fourth level, for sure you want to see you want to see that 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 muscle over the back really develop and i think a good top line should should um look round like the horse whether he's standing in the stall or got a rider on him the horse you know as they develop muscle over the neck over the back you know around around the rump you know everything the horse should start to look like he's uh he's in i i I remember i don't remember which trainer was it but they said like um, if you if you show on a spotlight or a flashlight on a horse, the horse should sort of start to conform to the idea of that of that round spotlight that the ba- you know the back is pushed up you know and and the hindquarters a little bit down and under and they should go from looking like a natural sort of you know rectangle with straight lines you know around to towards that spotlight picture towards that round uh, con- confirmation. So I think for me that's what that's what i look like when a horse comes in i've never seen it before you know does it does you know does it start to conform to that circle picture and that's how that's the top line developing right around this you know and with with good weight right the horse has to have you know enough ingredients nutrition wise to to be building muscles right because they can't if they they don't have that and that's why you know the top top level horses actually get quite a bit of food you know not just hay not just oats but but you know the nutrition comes into a big part of developing just like people developing you know enough muscle to to carry the horse and to build big sort of round muscles so i think th- i think that's 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 what it is you know in essence 
um, developing yeah. each horse to its full potential. Not say, not putting two horses side by side and say this is a good Grand Prix horse because you know it's got huge neck, you know, like a Frisian, and this one's just got a skinny inky dinky. I mean, maybe that horse is really strong for that horse, right? They all have different body types, so I think it's uh, you know that's why that's why I think a lot of the breed classes really um, are about young horses, right? Just what did God, you know, what did God give the natural yeah. shape of this horse, and then from three years on to forever it's up to the riders to develop develop the right muscles from from I, what the horse has been given so i totally think that's, agree that's my point about about you know muscle development it's very hard to tell horse to horse yeah you know how how they're doing or or, or what they've got because just like people there's yeah, really absolutely. strong sort of endo i guess it's endomorph ectomorph sort of thing <laughs> right i was more thinking lebron james yeah. to you know He's like huge. yeah you know, I mean, you know, there's just some some incredible athletes, and then there's some people that are not incredible athletes, and uh, you know, so it, there's just a wide range. That's why top line is is like you said, it's really individual per horse, but yeah. you really can tell short of the quality of training dependent on what. Yeah, the horse I mean, is. yeah, that's why I talked about going, you know, just taking a picture six months down the road and a year mm-hmm. from the if you're developing the horse correctly. Then the muscles will develop correctly on right. your horse. So right. So I think I think that's the the best way to look at it is you know keep an eye, keep pictures. You know, there's there's some horses where I'm like, oh my god, I so wish that I had taken a picture of that horse. You yeah. know, because <laughs> yeah, it looks sure. so different. Change so much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Absolutely. no, I think, and that's the fun part. I mean, that's what we're doing. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Well, good question. I, I yeah. Keep them coming. You know, we try and talk about every every topic on this show to do with training and horses and dressage so it's great yeah love it love it love it this tip was brought to you by total saddle fit the shoulder relief girth that reese and philip both love and here's why the saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time, we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available. At TotalSaddleFit.com. Visit TotalSaddleFit.com. Well, Philip, we also have a really cool shout out that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, well, we got we got a message from uh, one of our avid listeners from South Africa. It's yeah. a fifty year old beginner dressage rider, and she says she truly gets great motivation from the radio show, and she likes the topics, the various uh, venues, and, and what the weather is like. Because I guess you know when you're halfway around the world, um, we do talk about the weather a lot, but. It's yeah. part of our daily life, you know, being a, a trainer who has to be outdoors a lot, then, uh, <laughs> then uh, it's very important to us, what, you know, what things are doing and, and, and for me, how cold it is in the winter and I just like to complain about that. But uh, yeah. 
Um, uh, this this uh, shout out was goes out to Wendy in South Africa. So thank you so much for sending us uh, an email and and uh, commenting about the show. It's really positive motivation for us to keep doing these shows and and keep having fun. Exactly. <laughs> well, everybody, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. You can find me at philipparksequestrian.com and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a great show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.